Blog Talk Radio. Brother Hales out of Brooklyn, New York, 
my old stomping ground and hometown. Welcome you all to another edition of Our Own Voices Live. I think we got a good one for you today. There's a whole lot of things going on in politics. So it was a little tough to choose because could have talked about the repeal and potential replacement of the Affordable Care Act. And though it is definitely worth talking about, I wanted to talk about politics, but I wanted to talk about something just a little different today. So the title of our show today is Party Politics is Destroying America. That's right. Party Politics is Destroying America. I want to know what you all think about that title, and I want to know what you all think about the statement. Is it true or not? Give us a call, area code 347-826-9600, I would love to hear what you have to say. And before we get started in full effect with the radio show, let me tell you a little bit about Our Own Voices Live. Our Own Voices Live is a radio show featuring people and stories from our community in Las Vegas, the surrounding area, and someplace near you. America is the greatest country on earth due to its cultural diversity and not in spite of it. Our mission is to help bridge the cultural and ethnic divide in America by working together to build the greatest bridge in history to unite us. And some of the ways that we do it is with shows like Our Own Voices Live that come to you every Saturday. I try to get it to you at about 1230, sometimes a little later, like today. And we also have the originator from where it all came from, Our Own Voices, the print and digital magazine. You can find us on the web at pretty much Our Own Voices on Facebook, Our Own Voices on Twitter, Our Own Voices on Google Plus, Our Own Voices in YouTube, Our Own Voices, and you will find us. And, of course, you can find us on the Blog Talk Show radio platform at Our Own Voices Live. We also have events on occasion. Like every Friday, we have the gathering, which is an opportunity for people to come together, meet and greet, break bread, get to know one another a little bit better so that we can talk about some of the various things and maybe even come up with a plan or two, you know, an action plan to do something to help fix it. And hopefully that's what this show will do is give you thoughts, uh, spark ideas on how we can go forward collectively as a nation, but then also as subgroups in the nation like African-Americans, black people. How do we survive this? Because whatever goes wrong in America usually hits us first. As a matter of fact, if you want to know where America is headed, see where black people are today and give it time and the rest of the country will follow. Simply our history, just history. So once again, my name is Rodney Smith in the air chair solo today. Uh, normally my co-host is Mrs. Angela Thomas. She's out with some sick time, taking care of family needs. Hopefully she'll be back as, and those issues will be over soon. As I said, you can give us a call at area code 347-826-9600 because what we're talking about today is party politics. Is it destroying America? 
And this is the way that I phrased it on the page. And I said, I have come to believe that the main issue with the two-party system is not just the specific two parties, but the party system itself and the quest for party purity. The structure is the problem. It comes across like a person that tells us that they believe in diversity but will only support blue people. Ultimately, that is not much different led the current party to their current condition. That means, and as good or better candidate can come along, but will be overlooked because they are rainbow colored. That seems like more division to me. How can we add while at the same time dividing? And I say, let's discuss this. And what I'm saying is how can we add while we're still dividing? There's two parties, two major parties right now. If we add and I'm using these words here purposely, if we add a, another party to the two-party system, we will have three parties. So now instead of having two halves, we will have three. We have just subdivided the pie even more with the optimal word being divided. As a nation, it does say the United States of America. President Bar- in President Barack Obama's speech, he said it's not the blue states of America. It's not the red states of America. It's not the black states of America. It's not the white states of America. It's not, and I'm ad-libbing now, it's not the democratic states of America, and it's not the Republican states of America. It is the United States of America. Well, how can we have United States Right now, if those states are divided by two parties, and then if we're looking to bring unity, how can we bring that unity by dividing the country up even more from halves into thirds? That is some new math that just does not resonate with me. I don't get it. Do you all get it? Well, i tell you what, give me a call at 347-826-9600. Press option one if you want to talk, because that will give me a little signal to bring you into the show, because not only am I hosting and co-hosting, but I'm also running the board today. So bear with me as I get to the call when I see you. But that is the question, though. How do we unify the country if we keep adding more division to the country? Now, there's good things in the Democratic Party. There's some things that I don't care for in the Democratic Party. I know that as a current registered Democrat, that when other Democrats hear that, it's almost like sacrilegious. How can you say that? Because nothing and no one is perfect, and only for religious people have there ever been someone perfect and that was Jesus Christ, and he's not here right now. So if a party cannot be perfect, then why would you have absolute allegiance to that party? The GOP, the Republicans, they're far from perfect too. But I'll admit, 
there's some things about the Republican Party that I like. I like fiscal conservatism. I like it. I like having a strong military. But just as much as I like that, I also believe in civil rights, in equal rights, which is typically considered liberal, which to me should just be considered human. But I'm for that. I'm also for green stuff. I believe in ensuring that we have clean drinking water, that we have fresh air to breathe, that we maintain some of nature because without nature, there'll be no us. So I believe in all three of those principles from all three of what some might say are the dominant parties today. But there may be some things that I don't believe in. I do not believe that the rich need another tax cut. So that would blow whatever conservative credentials I thought I may have. And for those people who might hear me because I don't support the Democratic Party 100% that say I'm a Republican, well, there you have it. I don't support tax cuts for the wealthy. So obviously I am not a Republican. I do support a lot of the green initiatives. As a matter of fact, I read their platform, and most of the stuff on it I I like. There's a few things I don't care for because I don't think it's good for the country. But in general, I like more than I dislike in the Democratic Party. I'll admit there's some things in the Democratic Party platform that I like, but there's getting to be more and more things in the Democratic Party platform that I dislike, and not just the platform because the platform is just a piece of paper. It is the actions of the Democratic Party. It goes back to the phrase that Ronald Reagan used many years ago. I didn't leave the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party has left me. And I feel like the Democratic Party is at least leaving me. With the GOP, they just, there's just some things that don't make sense. If the rich have 13 plus billion dollars overseas that's just sitting because they're afraid that they'll be taxed if they bring it back to America. And then in the new tax plan, in the new health care plan, we give more tax breaks to the people who have so much money already that they can leave it outside of these shores doing a lot of nothing. Well, that tells me that they have plenty of money. They don't need any more. I hear them say, well, we have to give businesses tax breaks so that they'll hire more people. Well, I got news for you. Businesses don't hire more people because they get a tax break. Businesses hire more people because they need more people for their products, goods, and services. If they get a tax break, that'll help their bottom line, of course, and they'll be thankful for it, but they don't need it. Oh, and let's not forget, and I'm, you'll notice I'll keep bringing up, the 13 plus trillion dollars that they have overseas. They could bring that back here, but they choose not to. So I don't think we should choose to give them more tax breaks so that they could have more money that they keep offshore that does nothing for our economy and our people. So I'm not 
only a liberal. I'm not only a conservative. I'm not only a green. I'm not only a libertarian. I am for what's best for the American people. I am for what's best for the state of Nevada. I am what's best for whatever people that I represent or commune with. If I ran for office, I would be for whatever people that elected me to the office because it is time in the words of someone who I'm really growing to appreciate, Herman Faraji, that it's time for us to humans to start talking to humans about human issues, not issues that are red, not issues that are green, not issues that are blue, but American issues. That's what we need to talk about. See, health care, they said it's a promise, therefore we have to uphold it. But we know that the majority of the people appreciate the Affordable Care Act known as Obamacare. They just want it fixed. And see, we allow our elected officials to lie to us. No, not misspeak, not a political talking point, but we allow them to lie to us. And we have to stop it because they only do to us what we allow them to do. As a matter of fact, there's a quote from Dr. King that says, a man can't ride your back unless it's bent. So in other words, straighten up and stop allowing them to ride your back. We need to straighten up and stop allowing our politicians to lie to us. Because the more that we allow it, the more that they will do it. The onus is not on the politician that does what he or she does for their own benefit. The onus on us, the people, we're the ones who elect them. They work for us to do what we demand that they do. But are we doing our part? That's the question that I have. Are we doing our part? I'm going to suggest to you no. I'm also going to suggest to you that if we do not do our part soon, there will come a tilting point to where we will no longer have the power to do our part. Right now, elected officials do jury mandering, many of them, probably 60%, don't even really have to worry about a competitive election because they know that they don't have to worry about the opposition party. Gerrymandering. And in 2020, guess what? They are going to do it again. And with the current domination of one party, expect to see things go even more for that party. We have to talk as Americans. We have to look for the things that are important to us. And then we have to find not the party, but the individual that will support those things. The system is broken, and giving more of the system to the system only means it's broken that much more. You're listening to Our Own Voices Live, and today's topic is party politics, is destroying America. And I think we have a caller. Let me bring him in. 
Good afternoon. You're on our own Voices Live. This is Rodney in the Air Chair. Our topic today is party politics is destroying America. Do you have a question or comment for us? Um, this is a she. My name is Teresa Freeney, and I do. All right. Well, thank you, Teresa, for calling and share share with us what you think. Well, I, I like your whole premise here, and um, I've actually been mentioning it on Facebook a lot lately. And I am um, I am definitely in support of the Green Party, and I'm hearing what you're saying. And I look at the Red Party, and they're kind of a scattered platform, and some people agree with parts of it, and some people agree with other parts of it, and there's a lot of disagreement and some infighting on that one. And I can understand that that is valuable to democracy. I look at the, the Blue Party, and I see that, you know, that some people want ACA, there's some for universal health care. Um, there's a wide range of, of discussion right now on abortion and abortion rights, and a lot of these talking points are being brought up with a lot of diversity there, and um, I can see that's also value, you know, valuable for democracy. As we're looking to build this third party, the Green Party here in Nevada, we have our, um, you know, we have our platform, and one of the things I think we do is by having a solid platform is we're not going to be having people elected just based on their personality or their individual um, qualities, but as a team representing one solid platform. And one of the one of the biggest parts of that is is our grassroots democracy. And we want to create new types of political organizations to get the people actually participating in democracy. We want citizens in the decision-making process. Um, absolutely. And it's a little bit different from the other parties as we are, um, we're grassroots and we're, you know, we're in the community. We're not politicians. We're activists. We're, we're, we are the people. And with that said, we have, you know, we have our 10 key values and, we have to be consistent with these values because we're not running a party based on personality. Um, we're not running a party based on, um, you know, we don't want to end fighting. We want to have one consistent view. Um, for example, healthcare. Healthcare is a right that we believe it should be held by all. And that's just not negotiable. We can't have somebody run and say in their green party, but then turn around and say, you know, if you want healthcare, you should take better care of yourself, which is, you know, some of the things I heard from Republicans last night saying, or, Pay for it yourself. It's not a right. You know, you're, you're, you have no right to health care. It's a service that you pay for, and you get what you pay for. So um, as you go down the list of the things that we look for, um, it's not done to divide people up. It's, it's, this is actually laid out because it is, it's a policy, you know, and, and, and in heading towards a policy, it's good to have one policy people can, you can see and then you wouldn't vote for maybe a person's personality or what their qualities are, but you'd vote for a person that was going to be carrying this message. And it kind of goes along with there's two philosophies of a politician, one that responds to the needs and the will of the people, and that would change over time. You know? And um, one of the problems with that is, is, is the, you know, what is the voice that that politician is hearing the most of? And the squeaky wheel would be the one that would be represented, not the quiet ones in the background. And I think that is one of the ways that politicians kind of get lost um, in meaning to do well is they don't hear from all their constituents. They just end up hearing from the loudest ones. So, um, I mean, I can go on, but so I can hear me, what you think of what I said. So let me ask you, let me ask you this. 
So you have a constituent that doesn't go along entirely with your platform. I'm guessing that you would still want that constituent to vote for you. I would want well, the constituent if, to vote for what to, to vote for this if this is what the person believed in. I wouldn't want the person to vote for something they don't believe in. Okay. So that means that if they're not 100% with your platform, then they shouldn't vote for a Green Party candidate. I'm just I'm just trying to get the parameters of where we are with it. Oh, I would say they'd have to look at, you know, their choices and see who is most in line with what they want. And one of the things is is if you if you take apart the two major parties and you get what they're coming from, they're not being driven by the people. Both of those parties are being driven by the highest bidder. You know, and in that case if your needs are met by a party that's going to you know, take their campaign contributions from the fossil fuel industry. Like here in Nevada, we don't have a big, robust solar industry because all the politicians get money from from the fossil fuel industry. So they don't want to promote something that's going to take away their campaign funding. So if that's the case, then you're actually, you know, if you're voting for them, you're voting for somebody that doesn't ultimately have your best interest at heart, but they're supporting themselves. So I would like people just to be more educated on, on what they're, what their choices are and what they're actually choosing. Well, I definitely want us to be more educated, but in being more educated, here's what happens, unfortunately, with parties. As we know from history, parties, they start out grassroots. I mean, that's just what happened. For whatever reason, they split off from the two dominant parties, if it's a third party, and then before we had the current parties, you know, we had the Whigs. And they, there was a spinoff. There was a disagreement. And then they went and they activated their folks who thought like them, and eventually they developed a party, and now we have the two-party system or often referred to as a two-party system. And then within that two-party system, there becomes a party talking point, and there's uh-huh. the goals of the party. And if anything, if when we're talking about party purity – anything outside those goals become unacceptable. And what we have in America is we have the Democratic Party for the moment and the Republican Party who are on opposite ends. And because Democrats cannot accept what the Republicans propose because it's different from theirs. Republicans cannot accept what the Democrats propose because it's different from theirs, because there has to be ideological purity. And then if there's a candidate that comes along that happens to be a Democrat and is even better than the Republican candidate, but the Republicans aren't able to vote for that Democrat because he's a Democrat and not a Republican. If the Green Party has a candidate or not, and that, but that candidate is not a Green Party person, then the party cannot support that person because he, he or she does not belong to that party. That seems to be a repeat of what we currently have. And stated in the opening of the show, President Obama gave a speech some years back when he said that this, you know, this is not the red states of America. It's not the blue states of America. And we can add lib and say it's not the green states of America. It is the United States of America. 
So when we add yet another dividing entity into the pie, then instead of the country being divided into half, potentially it gets divided into thirds. Division does not provide unity, and when we divide, we're not adding. So how does, how does that work to improve the democratic process in the country if we just add another piece for that divider? Well, you actually um, you bring up kind of four points right here. Um, number one, if somebody were running, um, you know, let's say they wanted to be Green Party, but they didn't agree with something, I'd have to really look into and ask why they wouldn't agree, agree on something. You know, if we're talking about um, social justice and, and equal opportunities or ecological wisdom, nonviolence, decentralization of the government, community-based economics and economic justice, feminism, gender equality, respect for diversity, personal and global responsibility, future focus and sustainability. If there's something in this platform that somebody doesn't agree on, then I I think that there was something fundamentally wrong with that candidate. It's like, why wouldn't you agree on any of this stuff? Because I look at it as a really simple way of laying out as this is what's best for all the people. So it's like, I can't even understand like what you would disagree with. Um, and I do know that, you know, you mentioned a strong military. Well, with a belief that we should head towards peace um, and not, you know, solve things with violence. If we have a nonviolent perspective, then we are going to solve problems from a completely different way from somebody that believes that we need a strong military. And maybe at this point the conversation needs to be is um, do we run, you know, do we run a country with the prospect of, bullying our way, you know, being a bigger bully than somebody that's going to bully us, or maybe there's another way of solving problems with a more enlightened, more evolved method than has been used in the past. You know, we've solved problems with military force in the past. Maybe it's time to stop playing playground games and have people actually work together to solve problems, which we're not going to do if we're having countries that are run by greed and not running for the will of the people. Because if you look at two soldiers from different countries and you put them face-to-face with each other, they most likely wouldn't want to kill one another if they got to know each other. So you have these basically young people going to other countries and killing each other, which is just a senseless, horrible, barbaric way of doing things. So from looking at, at war from that standpoint, it's like there's got to be a better way. And maybe instead of spending trillions of dollars bombing a country, we could spend trillions of dollars working with the infrastructure of the of the system that makes that not make any sense. And the first thing you do for that is you get away from using fossil fuels. You get away from people so profiting them, off of selling the war machine. Okay, so you gave us a lot of stuff. So let's try to let's try to break some of it down. Break that one down. When it comes to yeah, let's because the reason why I want to do that is because I, I just don't want us to get lost. But when see if one person says that their way is the way and the other person says that their way is the way and then yet another person says that their way is the way and that I don't understand how anyone could not support these things well from each of those three individuals perspectives their way is the way there is no single arbiter to say oh no 
that's definitely the way. Because the way is dependent on the individual. So the D way, this is the way. It's almost almost reminded me of a, something in the Bible. This is the way, the truth, and the life, or something like that. What is the you know who who determines the way? So that's the to me seems to push us further in our opposing corners. Is that they said that their way is the only way. Well, since I don't agree with one of their things, because it might just be one of their things. Maybe it's not even a whole thing, but just a portion of the one thing. But because and that there is not a hundred percent agreement on it, then we allow that one thing or partial thing to divide us up, and we are not able to negotiate. We're not able to work together because even as countries, and I was talking about people with party affiliation at first, but you talk about countries who are at war. If they see that their way is the way, and if the opposing country sees that their way is the way, then there is no room for negotiation. Negotiation comes about when some it's, it's give and take. Well, this is important to me. All of it's important to me. But maybe I'll trade this for that. And if we can work seal our way forward in that area, then maybe we can cease these hostilities between us. But most times, people, again, are divided because they believe that their way, their country, their party is the only way. And there has to be 100% allegiance to their way, their party, or their country. I just don't know if that – I don't see how that unifies us. It seems that that adds to the division. Go ahead. It adds to the division. Let me interrupt you here. It adds to the division when you have somebody that says, this is my way, and if you don't like it my way, I'm going to kill you. That's what I'm against. I'm against solving that problem with violence, and that's what happens. People get into these arguments. They don't see things in the same way, and at one point somebody goes to violence, and that's where it needs to stop. That's where, that's where the limits have to be. That's where I'm not even saying you have to compromise. I'm saying you have to come to a place where the problem can be solved, where the parties that are involved can get to what they need to do to have their lives, but without violence, you know. And, and when you talk about the wars in the Middle East that go on for centuries, it's like as long as you guys are all fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting over this piece of land, we can go back to the Bible on that one too. And, and maybe, you know, they, they say, well, here's the baby. Let's divide the baby in half and you take half and you take the other half. And the real mother says, no, I'll walk away. It's her child, you know. But that's not what's happening. We're having a situation where both sides are so willing to be, to be, you know, their way. But they're willing to sacrifice thousands, millions, you know, of lives for, for just the sake of saying that they're right. And at some point there, that's when the people need to say, you people that are making these decisions that are, that are allowing us to be killed, you know, that are allowing our water to be polluted, that are allowing our land to be pillaged. The people that are making those decisions are not the people. It's not the will of the people to make those decisions. And that's where, again, I feel like the Green Party comes back into place and says, what is the will of the people here? And the will of the people, and some people, the will of the people is to war. Some people want to fight. Some people look for that fight. Some people want to have something to fight for. You know, they want to 
They want to go out and give their lives for their country. Some people want that. That's, that's part of their national pride. That's part of who they are. But what if, what if we take that same amount of energy and we put it into what do we need to do in this situation to keep peace? Maybe it's not to agree, but what do we need to do in this situation to keep peace? And not always do you have to agree with somebody to keep peace. You live in a family and one person wants to watch TV and one person wants to, you know, listen to music. You don't turn the TV up louder and the music up louder until you're both blasting each other out. You know, at some point maybe somebody walks into another room. Is everybody happy in that situation? Maybe not. But if you're going to just keep fighting over who's going to have the radio and who's going to have the TV, then you don't really, nobody's going to be happy. There will be no happy, so, happy now. So when we take that same analogy and we bring that to another, uh, a politi- the political parties, the political parties tend to be warring factions against one another. They're opposing forces, and they bring all the resources that they could muster very similar to opposing armies to defeat the other. Uh, usually we used to negotiate, but we do less negotiations now, and we tend to get in our separate corners. Well, if the ideology is the only way of the blue, the green party, if the ideology is the only way of the blue party, if the ideology is the only way of the red party, then they will continue to find more resources to bring to bear to defeat the other. And there is no negotiation between the two currently or the three that we will come to have because each of those three groups, whether we're talking about warring factions, physically in war, or we're talking about ideological, well, sometimes there's a little violence too, but in general, ideological differences in factions, when they all three, or currently all two, maybe soon all three, say that their way is the only way. And there is no room for negotiation because I cannot see why anyone would not like whatever the disc is. And that's that's the part that, that's why I wanted to do the show today, is I wanted to understand how people who are opposing factions, who only believe that ideological purity of theirs is the right way. How how do they ever get to the negotiating table to end that war if whatever the other person says is just not it's not acceptable because it's op- opposing to their view and obviously their view is the view. That's where we're at right now. Look how many people do not vote. They don't want to play the red versus blue game anymore. And so they're like, you know what? This is this is your game. You guys, you politicians, you people that are doing all this stuff, this is what you're doing. So you guys keep on doing that, like you said, back into your corner. But a whole bunch of people choose not to vote because they do see what's happening there. And I disagree about there being two parties in a lot of ways because it seems to become one party. We call it our government, and it feels like our government is against the people. And so this is a new ideology that's being brought up, and it's us versus them, where we are the people, and every step along the way we're fighting our government. Why are we fighting our government to get health care? You know, why are we fighting our government that's going to go and pass a bill 
that has 10 separate ideas in it that are not related so that each each person that votes for the bill is voting for their little piece of the pie when like this last one, like SJR 10, was trying to overturn the, the, the fifth article of the Constitution, and some people thought they were voting for water rights. You know, the government has set itself up now to not work for the people but to work for itself. And I think ideologically the next violence that we might see in America might be the uprising of the people saying, you know what, you're literally, with this health care bill, you're literally throwing people into a fire. You're literally letting people die so that you can fight your ideological battle. And at that point I do believe that people are going to rise up and say, enough is enough, and we're not going to let you kill us anymore. You know, I think we're in a whole different we're, – we're, we're heading into a whole new reality right now. And as far as the whole party thing goes, you're right. There shouldn't be a red party, a blue party, a green party. It should be a government that is of, for, and by the people. And of, for, and by the people doesn't divide us into separate colors and separate ideologies. So when you sit in a room with a person that's red, blue, or green, and you're sitting over a cup of coffee – you are going to find way more things that you agree on than you disagree. But this red blue versus blue, they give you these talking points, and they expect you to argue about them. And I see it happen over and over and over again. And last night I was blessed to be at First Friday and, and be there introducing the Green Party to a lot of people that had never heard of it. And one of the Okay, we I have 90 was, seconds. Okay. We're down to 90 um, seconds. I say, I say the party has to be – either representing the party or the people, and that's going to come out in the wash right now. So that'll end up my well, 90 seconds. I want, to, I want to thank you for sharing your views with the show today. We'll probably continue uh, discussion, this discussion uh, at a future date because it, it, it does seem like if ideological purity, if that is the litmus test for who we vote for, then it doesn't make a difference how many different parties with how many different ideologies that we had. As long as each one of those parties believes in ideological purity, then we just add more division and separation, and there's less unity. And instead of it being the United States of America, it will become the blue states of America, the red states of America, the green states of America. Maybe we'll even have another color because someone else doesn't agree with the particular ideological purity of whoever is added next. I want, to, I want to leave us with a quote by Thomas Jefferson. And the quote goes like this, the greatest good we can do our country is to heal its party division and make them one people. The greatest good we can do our country is to heal its party division and make them one people. And it is the people, not the politicians, not the party, that will ever bring us close to that concept of Jefferson. Everyone, thank you so much for listening to our caller. Teresa, thank you so much for calling and, and peacefully articulating your views on the topic all you listeners out there messaging me, thank you so much for listening to the show. Please tell your friends. Give it about two minutes, and it will be podcast, and you can go on Facebook, and you can share it. It's Our Own Voices Live. Once again, my name is Rodney Smith. You have been listening to Our Own Voices Live. Our topic was politics is destroying America. Please join us next Saturday, hopefully at 1230 p.m., and 
we'll have another exciting topic for you. Until then, please find someone, give them a hug, and ask them how they're doing, and share. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.